Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, nice to sit down and record with you. Going to recap Game 4 of the World Series. I've got Game 5 on right now um, on my TV, tied 1-1 after three innings, but quite the game we had last night we'll jump right into it um you know pretty eventful game to say the least i think that the score doesn't really do it much justice especially when you know you see what happened um going into the top of the fifth inning were scoreless christian javier and aaron nola were both pitching really really well we get to the top of the fifth uh, we get three singles in a row to start the inning. Jose Alvarado comes in, bases loaded with no outs, facing Jordan Alvarez. Um, he hits him. Alex Bregman doubles. Kyle Tucker sack fly. Yuli Gurriel then singles. Five runs just like that. Um, and, you know, Nola was pitching good. Do I agree to take him out at 67 pitches? I guess because when you got bases loaded, no outs with Jordan Alvarez up, you want to bring in the left-on-left matchup, especially when you had just given up three hits in a row. And 
you don't want to leave your guy out there to die, especially when he was not looking good entering the top of the fifth inning, or at least through those first few batters, right? Um, you know, you get the left-on-left -left matchup and you hit the guy, and it's just downhill from there. Uh, rough outing for Jose Alvarado. Three of those earned runs get charged to Nola, the other two to Alvarado. The main story here, though, that was all the scoring. The main story is the Astros pitching. Christian Javier, six innings, no hits, nine strikeouts. Um, and then they go to Brian Abreu, who threw an inning, struck out the side. Rafael Montero was next. He throws an inning and gives up or, and gives up no hits and no walks. He gets a strikeout. And then we enter the ninth with the Astros having a chance to complete a no-hitter in the World Series. Would have been the first since Don Larson's perfect game in – I want to say 1956. Yep, 1956. Um, they bring on Ryan Presley. He's able to complete the no-hitter. Astros win 5-0, throw the first no-hitter in World Series history since 1956, the first postseason no-hitter since Roy Halladay did it in, I want to say, 2010. Um, and... Yeah, uh, it was 2010 in the NLDS. Just an unbelievable performance. As much as I hate the Astros, I have to appreciate what they did last night. Um, I mean, a no-hitter in the World Series is something that, you know, we probably won't ever see again in our lifetime. So super, super cool. Um, and a very important game as well as the Astros tie it up 2-2 two two now um, with Game 5 going on as we speak right now in Philly. Yeah, it's one of those situations where, you know, you're never going to forget where you were when you watched it. That's once-in-a-lifetime type of opportunities, and it's great. you got to be thankful to any team that's able to offer you that. And it just so happened to be the Astros. And, you know, how many other teams could you really expect to do that? Because this is the – it's that exact type of team. And part of that comes down to, too, the fact that, so many of these guys aren't your brand name. Like, I feel like the Dodgers, and that's partially because the Dodgers have just been so good over the last couple of years that everybody knows these names. But even with their bullpen by committee, it felt like a lot of big guys that, like, you know, even the cat, not the casual, but the moderate baseball fan, not, not the baseball super fan, but that mid-tier would know, you know, a Daniel Hudson, They'd know a Blake Trident. They'd know a Bruce Dark Ratterall. And so you've got all of those guys in, in that bullpen. It's a much more subdued group for the Astros. And then you even, especially looking at the rotation, where most of the time here for the Dodgers, it's superstar after superstar after superstar. That, I think, is the biggest thing here because you pull Javier, 97 pitches, yes, six innings, but – if that was Clayton Kershaw, you're, you're not going to let him finish the game, obviously, because, you know, 97 pitches is insane to try to go three more innings. But you definitely let him go at least one more. You know, you're going to – the leash is so much longer. You're going to let these guys test out longer. And in such a high-leverage spot, in such a high-profile spot, you can't do that if you want to achieve something like this. They clearly didn't here, and it paid off for them with amazing play. As for Aaron Nola, my only – my final comment on this game. Um, look, as far as I'm concerned, when it gets when it gets to 
high-level playoff games, but especially when it gets to the World Series, if you aren't brilliant, you are replaceable. That has to be the mentality that a um, manager goes through, is if you are not pitching lights out, you can be replaced at any point in time. It's just a matter of what's going to maximize the team. There are very few situations where I'm going to blame a manager for pulling a guy in the World Series. I emphasis on very few. Like, the guy has to be absolutely dealing for me to have the issue. If he's even slightly a question mark, I have no problem with it at all. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially like when I was saying, you and you have to face Jordan Alvarez, bases loaded, no outs. Um, it's after just giving up three straight hits to start the inning. It's it's a tough situation for sure, especially for Nola and not, not only him, but also um, manager Rob Thompson. Um, talk about talk into this game. Yeah, so you know, Jeremy Pena just went yard like literally two seconds ago. Um, it's two to one now. Astros, Phillies started Noah Syndergaard. Astros started Justin Verlander. He gave mind up. Mind you, that's Jeremy Pena's second RBI of the game already. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Pena, this dude is unreal. LJ, I mean. This is what the good teams do is they just are able to replace their talent. The fact that, you know, you lose Springer, you lose Carlos Correa, two of your best players in this, you know, extended run of success you've had since really 2017, you lose two of your best players and you're able to seamlessly replace them without any sort of hiccup in your like total offensive output as a team is is unbelievable um Jeremy Pena this 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 kid is special um I remember when I went on Parker Ainsworth's show before the season started um what's that called the uh, F in sports F in sports that's right went on his show he's a Houston guy and you know he was asking me he's like you know uh Carlos Correa left uh how do we feel about, you know, what what are the Astros going to do? I feel like that's a big loss. And I said, well, it certainly helps that you have a top 50 prospect in Jeremy Pena just in the in the waiting to be able to replace him. And what a, what a, a rookie season he had and is not even going to win the rookie of the year with, you know, 22 homers, uh, a 715 OPS, stellar defense. Um, and so good in the postseason. Just insane. He has that home run in the 18th inning in game three of the DS versus the Mariners. Uh killed the Yankees in a few games in, in the in the CS. And now is really showing what he's worth in the World Series. And this kid's 25. Um, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Um, pose you this question. Which is more impressive? And don't necessarily think or I'm not going to, I shouldn't tell you how to think. Um, which is more impressive? Being able to replace Carlos Correa, your team captain, with a guy who looks very clearly like he can be much better than him. And like, we're talking about, I think this postseason is kind of proving we're talking about like full-blown superstar type of conversation here with Jeremy Pena, because, you know, 
this type of almost clutch gene that he's showing, you don't teach that. You can't teach that. You can't develop that either. You either have it or you don't. And this guy clearly has it all the way. And so, you know, if if you're the Astros, are you more proud of being able to identify Jeremy Pena, draft Jeremy Pena, and develop Jeremy Pena? Or are you more proud of being able to replace George Springer with guys who, as far as I'm concerned, were freaking nobodies? I mean, Miles Straw, yes, was a highly touted prospect, but you always knew he was going to be more of a, you know, role piece. They've they've had like three or four role piece centers or center fielders, not centers, um, center fielders. Centers, yeah. Yeah. That they've kind of just rotated through between Chaz McCormick, Jose Siri, and Miles Straw. I'm forgetting somebody in the last couple of years. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, let me see here. I mean, and the fact that they were just willing to trade away a mile straw during the middle of last year is 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 as impressive to me. The fact, the fact that you're able, you're willing to trade Jose Siri this year. I mean, we're talking yeah, about the right? best like, center fielders in the league right now um, that you gave up. These are all guys that weren't household names. They're not, they're good, but they're not great. But Jake Myers might be the other guy that Jake you were Myers, thinking. yes. And so, you know, here we're rattling off four or five guys who filled in that position, and they've all done incredibly well with that. They're not going to be, you know, these aren't guys who are ever going to be top of the lineup, middle of the order guys, but they all very much deserve to be there and are definitely successes in replacing and rounding out this roster, especially for what they what they use up in in consideration of cost. And LJ, how about a guy that, you know, it seems like just for the, his entire career has been just not talked about enough. And especially this year, this is a team in the Astros that doesn't have Michael Brantley for this postseason. He only played 64 games this year. LJ, he's not had a season where he's played like a full amount of games. I'm not going to count 2016. So since 2011, every single year, he's had an OPS plus above 100. Just the epitome of consistency with this guy. Such a good hitter. Really found his tune with Houston. Has never had an OPS under 119 in the four years that he's been there. Um, and you just, you just don't have him this year, right? Like he's hurt. And you're just able to somehow, oh, yeah, we'll just throw, um, you know, one of the best DHs in the league. Right. Like, you know, we'll just throw a Jordan and left. Uh, we can uh, DH David Hensley, who is a guy that didn't even make his MLB debut, I want to say, until like September this year. And you're just confidently throwing him out there in World Series games. It, it's unbelievable what they're able to do. I think that roster construction wise, it's Tampa and it's Houston with the way that they're just able to mix and match these guys. I remember seeing last year, like seeing Ho Jose Siri playing meaningful games in the playoffs, especially in the World Series. I was like, who is this guy? Because we really didn't hear much. Who is this guy screwing with all our phones and computers? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, You know, he only played 21 games in the regular season last year when he debuted for Houston. And it's like, who is this guy just out here roaming center field in the World Series? It was so strange to me 
that they were willing to do that, but they just have so much confidence in their guys that it's it's unreal what they're able to to do. And as much as I don't like Houston just because of the team that I'm a fan of, you just have to appreciate what they're able to do. You know, put aside all the cheating, put aside whatever you want to. Everybody has to put aside the cheating though at this point. Yeah. And do you want to one of the I think one of the best moves that they made and like what a lot of people like were very skeptical of the Justin Verlander contract last offseason. Yeah. You know, a guy coming off of Tommy John and they were like, you know what? We will bet on you. You're not going to bet on yourself. We will bet on you. We're going to give you this amount of money. We're going to use up pretty much the rest of our payroll on you to perform for us this year. And that's exactly what he's done. You know, I don't really care about how good he's pitched in the playoffs. That's that's beside the point. They were willing to just go out and offer him that when there was clearly other teams that were interested. The Yankees were interested. Plenty of teams were interested in this guy. And they just knew. They just had a feeling, all right, this guy has not thrown meaningful innings since 2019, and we're fine with re-signing him to a very expensive one-year $25 million contract, which he's going to, and he's not going to pick up this player option for next year. He will opt out and become a free agent once again because he certainly earned that amount of uh, money or at least that amount of money and probably much more, especially when we saw the deal Max Scherzer just got with the Mets last offseason. Um, for, the, for, the, for the Astros, just have the confidence to do that is unreal it's it's you just can't even explain you know how how much of a, i want to say risk because they clearly had a lot of starters but for that amount of money it is a risk that's you know they could have went and spent that on another outfielder which they definitely could have used but they were able to piece it together and they figured it out i think also this is a big part about keeping uh kate upton in houston as well are you being serious or no? No. <laughs> uh. I mean, are you being serious? No. Um, <laughs> um, it, she might. She very well might be an integral part of of team chemistry, uh, just having her around. But yeah, look, it's all very calculated moves. Um, I'm taking this as again, yeah, it's just. I also think that this is more impressive than what the Rays have done. Because at the end of the day, you know, the Rays have identified a lot of talent, but it's so much less defined. Like, other than, you know, I'll give Randy a pass, but I would say there are three guys on this team that lock themselves into spots. Like, you know Wander Franco is your shortstop. You know Brandon Lau is your second baseman. You know... um. I'm giving Randy a pass just because his thing isn't necessarily a thing about the rest of the league or the rest of the team, but you know, theoretically, Randy Rosarena should be your left fielder. But the rest of that team is so fluid where they do all this platooning stuff. And, you know, I think they find, they get value out of guys. They get production out of guys, but they're lower level guys. They have a lot of flaws, you know, you're wanting to avoid um, G-Man Choi playing, cert- seeing certain guys. You're wanting to avoid, avoid maybe, you know, Manny Margot isn't going to be a guy you want playing every day either, too. And so that 
creates a lot of rotation throughout the outfield, throughout the outfield, throughout the infield. And I know that's something that they love and they're so happy and proud that they can do it. But there's a big difference, I think, between having to do that and then going over to Houston where, you know, Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, Jordan Alvarez, really, I think your top six guys in your lineup right now, Altuve, Pena, Alvarez, Bregman, Tucker, Gurriel, those guys are all locked into their respective positions. Like, as long as they're healthy, they're playing there no matter what. And then past that, you find good value that you can throw into those other positions. Like, based on, like, the guys that are technically cheap on the Astros and the guys that are cheap on the Rays, there's a lot less flaws in the games of Alemis Diaz, of David Hensley, of Chaz McCormick than there are some of these guys in Tampa. And so as great as it is that they're able to work around the guys' flaws and get maximum value in Tampa, Houston doesn't seem to have to worry about that. That's what makes them better for me. And two things on that. First, I think a big part of it for Houston is just that they're willing to spend more on their player development and their minor league system in general just because their owner wants to spend more. Spending, especially on that stuff, leads to more success. There's no doubt in that. Maybe spending a lot on your major league payroll isn't the greatest indicator. There's not a great correlation between that and success. But spending a lot on your minor league player development, most certainly in my mind, leads to more success. Secondly, I was reading an article the other day about Tampa, and they have some very interesting stuff that's going to be going on this offseason. So in case you don't know what the MLB rules are for those that are listening, once the World Series ends, all players on an injured list have to be returned to the 40-man roster. There's no IL in the offseason. They, right now, will have to return Shane Boz, Brendan McKay, Andrew Kittridge um, as, uh, to their 40-man. And there is just not enough spots on their 40-man right now for how they're operating. Um, there's way too many infielders, and we've gone over that plenty of times, especially now when you look at one of their top prospects, uh, Curtis Mead, who's more than likely going to debut for them next year. Um, and LJ, you're talking a 55 future value out of 80 on the 2080 scale for him, according to Fangraphs. You have him. You have Jonathan Aranda, who debuted for the Rays this year. Um, and he's a top 100 prospect. You have Xavier Edwards, who is an infielder with a 50 future value, a potential 70 hit tool and an 80 speed tool. He will be on the team at some point. That's that's a Xavier Edwards. His ETA um, is actually 2023 as well. You have Greg Jones, who is a shortstop with an ETA of 2023 with a 50 future value. You are looking at way too many guys in this infield and just way too many guys on this roster in general to be able to not have some big moves made. There will be trades made with what we consider big name guys on the race that will have to be made this offseason. Either big name guys on the race will have to be moved or bigger name guys 
on short-term deals will be moved to the Rays. Let's not act like that isn't very much in play. Mm -hmm. Let's not act like this isn't the team that was offering Freddie Freeman over $30 million a year this past offseason. As you say that major guys could be moved for the young guys to move up, I'm saying if you're the Rays, you've proven that you know what you're doing now. You can build this team back up. Now's your chance to go for it if you're this loaded. We were talking about them being loaded like last year. At the way you're putting it to me, because they have all of the same guys that you thought they were loaded with before, and most of which have you know really proven themselves or you still have high, high hopes for, because you have all of that there, plus everything in your minor league system, I think you move you move the young talent and you go for this now because you've shown time and time again that you're not too far off. I'm not sure where those spots necessarily, Brandon, we can talk about this after the season, of course, when we get back into, you know, more weekly um, conversations, what spots you're definitely going to improve. I think the conversation definitely starts in the outfield, but either way, if you can get, you know, maybe a couple $20 million type guys, that have short-term deals, you know, things you can either walk away, let them walk on sooner, soon, so you don't have to pay them forever, or things you can, you know, trade off, offload eventually if this doesn't work. Like, I see that as a much more worthwhile use of the raised time if they're ready to actually contend than just shipping out the current guard for the new. Absolutely agree, LJ. Well, I do not have anything else for today's show. Do you? No, I'm all set. All right. Thank you for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We will see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.